0: Hello and welcome to Our Chemical Health with me, Jen Gash.
1: And me, Stuart Jeffrey.
0: (laughs) That's Stuart, that one there. And uh, we'll be discussing in this podcast how we can create wellbeing in a way that enhances the living world rather than taking away from it. So we're going to look at things like what health and care look like in a regenerative and sustainable future.
1: Woo! got the words right. Very good. We're going to have to change it now,
0: aren't we? Yeah, I know. And this week, actually, we're... um, it's a bit of a reflection back to last week's discussion with Mick Collins. That's what we're going to kind of basically be sort of expanding on, mulling over, talking about. And it was a really – if you haven't heard it, it was a really great episode, really great discussion.
1: But how are you, Stu? Oh, I'm living the dream, Jen.
0: <laughs> You've just told me how busy you are.
1: Oh, <laughs> uh, its It's just one of those weeks or one of those months, you know, lots of things coming to an end. That need to be all in on time and then a load more stuff piles through just at the wrong moment so yeah having a fun week this week and how how's life with you
0: um pretty good actually i've been um progressing my painting quite well um it goes in fits and starts my creative work and uh yeah this week's been a, a good a kind of easing back into some flow which is really nice
1: um, Flow's yeah. good. We have got to do flow. Um, chick sent me high. We've got to sort out a discussion about him, haven't we?
0: We have indeed. Did and I get that uh, right? You did. Chick sent me high. Yeah. Well
1: done. It's
0: a, have you seen? A, what's it when they kind of write it in a different way and you just say it like it is?
1: <sighs> Phonetics.
0: That's it. Some. Oh yeah. Something like that. But it's like literally chick, as in chicken. Chick. Excellent. And then sent. S-E-N-T, me, M-E, and then hi, H-I-G-H. That's how I was taught how to say That's it. She sent me hi. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, looking forward to a discussion um, on, on the work yeah. he's done. Um, that sounds really fascinating. I do, I do love this concept of flow.
0: Yeah, I could talk about it for hours. So we'll have to make sure that I um, stay on track when we do that one. But we're going to talk about are we going straight in to talk about what we Well, makes no, it? no. We're what, gonna, what how
1: was how your um, how is your forge um, challenge? Uh, did you have a good deep conversation <laughs> with somebody?
0: No, of course I didn't. I set these things. So then I just, do you know what? I haven't been getting out very much lately.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that will be the tag round your ankle, won't it?
0: <laughs> it will. I'm. I'm actually going to see some people tonight, actually out in the real world. So my <laughs> forge conversation is for tonight.
1: It's got to be with somebody new, somebody you don't normally talk to, somebody. I know. Bump into the into in the middle of Sainsburys and say, "What do you think about death?"
0: <laughs> that's 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 going to really make everyone want to go and do it, isn't it, Stuart? Let's. Um, <laughs> anyway, we have Aldis. We have Aldis here, so Sainsburys yeah. is too posh for here. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: So but yeah. you did,
0: didn't you? You you went and had a conversation, didn't you? Oh
1: yeah. Well I was at a conference a couple of days after. So um Oh uh, so I've met people that I haven't met before and had some fascinating discussions. Um and it was a green conference and um so one, a primed audience then, Stuart. <laughs> primed audience. Um <laughs> But, you know, um, we did talk a bit of death and destruction, as you kind of do sometimes at these things.
0: <laughs> yeah, I imagine that's like quite a common theme. I mean, I haven't been to a Green Party conference for a long time, but I imagine that's...
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's a bit of anxiety knocking around, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it was good. I mean, I, I met some as I say, met some people I have not spoken to before, and um, mm-hmm. we had some good conversations. And, yeah, it wasn't quite... Um, a random person in in Sainsbury's or Aldi but um you know it was a new person
0: and actually you know we'll we both have opportunities over the next couple of weeks And I think it's not something we're just going to do once this thing I think it's really an ongoing challenge for me mm. for, for everyone really um and Mick I know went and did it because he 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 emailed us, yes. didn't he? Um, um
1: about an hour later. <laughs>
0: yeah, so he's a real – so do what Mick does, not what we say we do, everybody. No,
1: no, no. <laughs> do what – yeah, just – I mean, he, he said he bumped into somebody, didn't he, on, uh, uh, on the way to buying his cake.
0: Yeah, he's done it. <laughs> and that. just
1: brought up a conversation that ended up in something deep, which was wonderful. Um and and,
0: and, and that comes to what – I mean, I wrote down a few things from – our discussion with Mick because it was. Am, I,
1: am we, I not doing my factoid next?
0: Oh, go on then.
1: No, go on then. I haven't prepared one. Um, okay, or, so that's or, a non. Although, although I have just read a report about um, the disappearance of a plant in in Kent um, on the uh, the on the sort of cliff faces. Did someone
0: steal your weed plants? Stuart?
1: No, no. It's a plant called <laughs> um, dragon's teeth. Oh. And uh, and 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 it's disappearing. And uh, <laughs> of course, I immediately think of, hey, dragon's teeth are going to be rarer than hen's teeth. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so there's a plant called dragon's teeth that is is disappearing from, and it's it's I think it's peculiar to to um, to, to this part of Kent. Oh, okay. Um, so yeah, I just love the name of it. There's yes. there's a, a mini factoid.
0: That is a nice factoid. I do actually. I was listening to something. Um, I think it was a podcast you sent me to. Um, the chat was talking about, the, you know, when we talk about scale, the scale of uh, environmental stuff, scaling up things like the use of electric cars, which we know if we scaled it up to replace ordinary petrol and diesel cars is completely, completely unfeasible, infeasible, unfeasible,
1: unfeasible. Yeah, um, it's disfeasible.
0: Oh yeah, anti-feasible. Yeah, um, and he was sort of saying that there's an estimated something like 1.4 billion cars worldwide.
1: Something I'm surprised to... it's that low. But really?
0: yeah, Well, no. and uh, that you know when you look at the miles people do, we're into something like 15, it was either 1.5 trillion miles or one point or fifteen trillion. But I it was, it was again a completely incomprehensible number.
1: Um, well, they do about you know, 10,000 a year. So it's going to be 15 trillion, isn't it?
0: Yeah. Something like that. That's right. Well, well done for doing a sum. Oh, That was a sum, wasn't it? It was a sum. It oh, sure was. Well done. But it comes to, I mean, he was going on and it leads nicely into our sort of conscious, um, unconscious conversations today because he, um, he was talking about those journeys and the fact that we all need to think about whether we need to, whether what we need to do the stuff we do every day that is leading us into the problems we've got. Um, and, you know, if I look at my life, I do an awful lot of unconscious stuff every day that is not very helpful going yeah. forward.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, that the, the, the immediate thing that springs to mind is that Einstein quote about, you know, doing the same things over and over again and expecting different results is, is kind of the <laughs> definition of madness, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I've
0: actually just literally said that to my husband, <laughs> 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 literally <laughs> about 20 minutes ago. And also that things can't be changed at the level at which they were created. That's um, kind of... Yes.
1: Um, oh, no. Who said that? That's, that's I think somebody. that was
0: Einstein, wasn't it?
1: It could easily be yes. He so, was quite. A, I think he was quite a clever bloke, wasn't he?
0: He was. He said some interesting shit, which is like you know, you know, yeah. And it's good that we remember his interesting shit because that's what yeah. this podcast is all about, really. But, um, <laughs> <it's> <laughs> but this. no, you're, you're you're
1: right to pick up on that topic. You know, um, I think that that concept of and and it you know and obviously sort of very much uh, the theme of last time's podcast around you know what what are we doing in our occupation in our purpose and what uh, is it helpful for us as individuals is it helpful for us as a society and is it helpful for um for the world at large um and, and and those three three categories are kind of the um the, the the concept of regenerative you know um it is something regenerative at an individual a societal and a, and a planetary level mm. um and uh, and 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 i think you know i i think a lot of us are starting to think uh, is the work what i'm doing contributing to the problem or contributing to the solution yeah um, and and can you give and me a, to-
0: can you give me an example of what might be contributing unhelpfully
1: well, I mean you know uh, uh, are, are we working um on finding new oil reserves is <laughs> probably not a great occupation right at this time mm-hmm. um, or are we working on um uh, better ways of har- uh, harvesting wind power is mm-hmm. quite a good occupation at the moment yeah, um, yeah. and and I you know I was reading um the same report that I mentioned earlier um it was a, it was a climate change um impact assessments and it, and it was talking about you know the impacts in 2040 um and the the temperature rises um it, in in the summer in in kent where i live and and again in 2080 and you know by 2080 it was suggesting we're going to be 6 or 7 degrees higher in kent than we are at the moment and and i know from um from reading i think it was the lancet actually um said you know once we get beyond about 4 degrees you know there's not much hope really um we can't adapt to be uh, as, a, as a global society we can't adapt to being mm. four degrees now that six or seven percent isn't global but it's local mm. um so you know that's a that's the point at which things are very very dire and actually most of that is hit in the next well, 2040 so that's 17 years time um do, i think mean, we only do- got 17 years of Use a workable life left. Why on earth am I not putting every last effort mm, of my no, energy into doing stuff that builds community, that strength that that um, reduces emissions and 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 is soulfully useful for myself and for the planet.
0: Mm-hmm. And I think that's the thing that I got from what Mick was saying about you know, will doing this thing nourish me? nourish my community, nourish the planet. Um, and so often something we choose to do nourishes us for a very short time. <laughs> Doesn't do anything for the community and harms the planet. So I, I, the sort of thing I'm thinking about is, okay, a bit of retail therapy. That's like what people would, you know, I've got girls that um, like their clothes shopping, you know, you know, I need some retail therapy. It's possibly one of the most unhelpful ways of, of tackling that need for nourishment. Um, Okay. But what you could do differently instead of going and doing retail therapy at the local mall or the local shops is you could, you could go to a charity shop, you could buy clothes, you could take them home, you could upcycle them, adapt them, reuse them. And to me, that is a much more nourishing activity not just because it doesn't harm the planet so much i mean there are still arguments for little things that about that process which are not helpful but it actually takes up a bigger chunk of time if you, you know you you know it's it's not fast fashion it's slow fashion and if we want to be more purposefully occupied if we want things to be more nourishing you know, making something, upcycling something, spending a couple of hours on something rather than just taking it off the shelf and wearing it, it can be a lot more nourishing. I know that not everyone is going to like that example. That's not going to, like, nourish everybody. But, um, but that, that's to but, me, is what the conscious doing part needs to shift to.
1: Yeah, and, and, that's it, and it, it's so much better because it is – obviously bringing in that creativity it's um as you say a, a longer process and therefore one assumes more be- embedded in terms of the the uh, inverted commas therapy aspects of it and um yeah and it's not kind of it's not kind of just reinforcing the the economic paradigm that's got us to to the mess we're no, in absolutely um, yeah. so yeah i all good and and yes i do like to go around a charity shop now and again I bought a lovely hat a few weeks ago
0: <laughs> you are quite a good hat wearer aren't
1: you <laughs> I, bought, I bought a trilby i haven't oh. had a trilby before oh, <laughs> don't think it suits me dawn says it suits me i'm not convinced mm.
0: i think that we should next time we come and talk talk to each other on the podcast is wear hats because no one can see them apart from you and i but i do think that hat wear
1: fantastic a idea fantastic idea a a series on hats Mm.
0: but the other thing I got from Mick was about this depersonalizing crises which um I found very interesting what did you what did you make of that idea do you remember what he was saying
1: yeah I mean I think it's there is this huge amount particularly amongst young people um this huge amount of anxiety about the future, and and, and and rightly so. You know, the future is about as scary as, uh, as it could possibly be. Um, and, you know, the, those of us who um, – and I do listen to um, a lot of people, and, you know, I, people say to me, well, it was bad in the 1970s and 80s. What about all of the IRA bombings? It was awful. The nuclear threats, it was dreadful. But actually – that they are very very different styles of threats to the the threat that we've got at the moment around um the, the the multiple threats that are systemic rather than single events that bombings and well mm-hmm. the two examples are both bombings aren't they um the 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 the, the two the, those two examples so you know the fact that um the wills are gradually falling off of um the historic economy um and then it impacts down the line so um uh, it whilst whilst at a at a societal level you know you get that impacted it, it hurts as an individual young people not being able to buy houses um uh, they are what 10 times average salaries at the moment mm-hmm. that's uh, mm-hmm. for a, for a tiny little house um, but
0: but, but- we can look at that particular. I mean, that particular thing is another thing we can look at more creatively. You know, I do think that, yes, yeah. it's a crisis. Yeah, but but
1: but, but I think what I, what, I, what I'm coming to is is there is this and uh, and it's this depersonalizing it mm. bit for yeah. me. Yeah, um, You know, how how do we start to move beyond the anxiety and concern that we've got? Mm. And start looking at some of the solutions that fit around it because it is a big, big, scary world out there. Yeah. Um, well, there I've are got- not many schools, there are not many solutions coming forward yet. Cool.
0: Well, I've got you. You finished your rant. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I've got an example which I you're going to really like, this folks. So, you know, in terms of depersoning, depersonalizing crisis, we need to move from the I to the We, which means from the I of illness to the We of wellness. Do you like that? Uh, Do you like what that? Can I say? Okay. <laughs> or oh, but but you know the I of this is happening to me. This is. Um, my life is in ruin this you know do you know what I mean it's like the yeah to, to yes. looking at it from a we perspective um yeah I mean, you know this is happening to to us but also within that it's not happening to us we have a sense of agency and I think that's the thing that's quite difficult for people to see with the environmental stuff it's the sense of agency that they have um, and, and
1: it's a different agency to the one that society has brought with it over the last 200 years Mm. um so it's not an agency that says we you know you you get a big powerful job you earn lots of money and then you then you're secure it's an agency that says actually i've got some intrinsic rights as a being we've got some intrinsic rights as a as a community Mm. how do we use those rights and 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 that power to 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 make individual and collective lives better
0: and also The other sort of paradigm that's a bit old-fashioned now is the whole kind of heroic paradigm. You know, Mm. let's wait for a hero, let's wait for someone to sort it out, whether it's a scientific hero sorting out something, I don't know, energy-wise coming up with a new form of energy or whether it's a health hero coming up with a disease, you know, modifying drug or cure for something. Um, The whole heroic paradigm has... I don't think it's helpful and actually we we probably need to leave that one to another day, but it's, again, it's sort of, you know, there are other stories culturally that we could draw upon that are more about coming together, um, utilizing everyone's individual talents, but yeah, not, not thinking we've got to either step back and wait for someone to solve it, but also not feel that, um, we're powerless, you know,
1: yeah, no, I, I think that's a really good, and it's it definitely something we want to dive into in the future, this, this, you know, the, the, the saviour. Um, we need a saviour. We, we, we need a tablet mm. for, for every single ill that we've got. Mm. Um, yes, we might need tablets for some ills, but we, we don't need them to cure everything. We don't need that hero to step in or that saviour to step in all of the time. Sometimes it's helpful. Um, mm. But building that sense of agency is the bit, that is i think key you know what can we do ourselves what is within our grasp and how do we how do we use that to 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 make our lives a little better
0: mm. and i suppose that's the thing that if you look at if we go back to sort of thinking about recovery from illness or rehabilitation which obviously i've spent a lot of my life working life in is that if you feel you're able to do something to help yourself, if you can see results from your actions, then it's really, <laughs> it's self-motivating. It, you can be nourished by the fact that you can find and see results. And I think that's probably something which um, going forward, we need to look beyond the immediate res- sort of um, results of our efforts. Because for example, I mean, I always think, you know, you've been campaigning for what, 25 years to, you know, work in, uh,
1: 40, 45.
0: Okay. 45 then. (laughs) Um, you're not that old, (laughs) but you know, it's, it, you had to have a long-term hope and you, you needed to acknowledge the little wins and know that it was a long-term goal. So, you know, I think the thing that in terms of people, retaining hope and 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 what have you a lot of it is sort of delayed gratification almost it's like yeah okay this thing's hard i'm going to keep doing it even though i can't see the immediate benefits and that for human beings i think is really quite
1: tough oh yeah i mean we're not wired for for that at all are we um but i think just just going back to an early or, or to that point you made a few seconds ago um you know that incremental progress bit um i I know i know you're a um a a qualified coach aren't you and oh yes um and that's kind of one of the one of the 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 bits that you focus on when you're coaching you know set some short-term goals Mm. demonstrate some progress and then you know obviously have a long-term goal in in mind but but making sure that there are some steps that are achievable does really motivate.
0: Yeah, but and small things matter, you know. It doesn't have to be I mean I get I I'm also a fan of like do, you know, if you're having trouble getting going, do the the smallest possible step you can. Um and and also from a I was just thinking about when Mick was talking about sort of um sort of unconscious stuff again. You know, sometimes we need to do those tiny things which we don't think have an impact because somewhere they may well be having an impact, you know, that kind of, again, back to Einstein, that spooky action at a distance. If we do small things that potentially somewhere else have an effect, whether it's a conversation with another person, whether it's, um, yeah, just showing your kids how to use a sewing machine you know, once they might come back to it in ten years' time, or whether you know those small things should never be understated. And I think that's you know the conscious doing
1: part of it for me is so important. Um, and how does that? I mean, the, the phrase he used um, was "doing with depth." Mm. So, so how does that small incremental piece also marry up with this idea of doing with depth? You know, buying buying the. Two garments from the charity shop and Mm. chopping them up and coming up with two different garments Mm. two hours later is a bit more deep than just going to Primarni and um, buying the first thing off the shelf.
0: Well actually if you go to Primark I've seen people buy the first 10 things off the shelf because yeah. they're only about 2 pound each um 3 pound you know sorry that's a bit of a detour but yeah and I've done it myself I don't don't get me wrong I'm not preaching from a place of being oh, perfect
1: because uh, uh, we're not tied to any advertising or anything like that <laughs> actually I think Primark socks are the best <laughs> FYI
0: okay <laughs> Um, the doing with depth thing so small i suppose the thing is is that if you're truly immersed in something flowing with it such as a, a making creating thing it's automatically quite deep because your soul is kind of occupied your mind might might be wandering off or it might be completely um focused on the thing and there's benefits to both i i'd say they're Deep doesn't have to be talking about the dark stuff, the unpleasant stuff, the scary stuff. I think that's something we, we make a bit of a mistake about when we talk about deep or depth. Um, when I hear mixing saying the doing with depth thing, I think I, I probably see it as sort of soulful doing rather than... Mindful. Yeah, soulful, mindful creative not destructive wouldn't even you know and but there is a place for destructive stuff in the world um we can talk about that another day <laughs> but well yeah I of, mean, you know
1: it's, it's solvayette coagula you know you can't you have to yeah. break and break an egg to make an omelet
0: <laughs> yeah absolutely and the you know the the resultant changing stuff is different that, <laughs> so i mean say that that was a really weird sentence um but um yeah so I, I think probably soulful doing slow being more conscious about our actions and choices that's kind of where I see it from and and small thing doing small things differently, and even if it's only you that knows the difference i mean that's kind of the point you know it doesn't have to be that the 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 world can observe you doing something different you do, you, you only need to know that you're doing a little thing slightly more ethically more creatively um and all of those things add up. Charles Eisenstein did a lovely piece. We probably should put a link to it in the show notes about small things matter. That's not what it was called. But, um, it was it was something like the value of small or something. Um, yeah, it's a really good piece.
1: Yeah, no, I think uh, I, you know, those small actions, um, uh, you know, clearly, clearly starts to 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 both contribute but also um help uh, help people as individuals so they they mm. they work at a community level and a, an individual level
0: they do um, and they 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 change habits that's the things do it's like if we start making small changes they do eventually add up to a different tipping point a different habit and you know as individuals in this place of crisis yes we need to get things sorted quickly but we <laughs> if we look at how human evolution and progression has worked it's been bloody slow, and i think that's yeah. what's so difficult about right things right now
1: and 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 you know that that the, not only uh and, and what i the, the bit i always struggle with or dislike with these conversations is you know uh, it kind of puts the emphasis for all, sorting out all of the problems on the individual uh, and and actually what we need is society to hmm. to become on board um you know and it plays to the politics which i do Um, and there's this concept called the overton window. You know, you can only, you've got to kind of move that. So you've got to do some stuff at an individual level. Mm. Um, and enough people to do it to, to shift the overton window is the expression uh, of acceptability for the wider society to take that on board and to put the right things in place for better things to happen. Okay. Because, um, you know, you, you, as as in politics, you can only really do what the majority will accept um, being done to them. <laughs> mm-hmm. So you kind of got to so, de- demonstrate both.
0: See, I think in this is sort of a, it's not a tangent. It's in some ways going back to exactly what we we're talking about. But within you know, in the pandemic, um, a big overton window shifted. That's not the right way to use it. That's right. Did did occur with things like GP appointments because they stopped um, people coming into the practice, you know, because of risk of infection. Um, You know, three years down the line, you know, telecare, um, not telecare, what's the word, virtual appointments, video appointments, you know, they are a lot more accepted than before and it kind of, I mean a lot of people don't get on well with that side of things get very frustrated I mean it's uh, my GP practice is great but they're very bounded about how they allocate appointments et cetera. but I do feel that that bit was a a shift that needed to happen yeah I mean I, it again, was
1: it was really quite powerful because the shift happened in both the from the doctor's perspective and from the patient's perspective exactly. doctors didn't want people coming in patients didn't want to go in no um I mean I, I uh, the same happened in for hospital appointments as well. I mean, mm. I've been working in the NHS really hard for many, many years, trying to encourage more and more um, non-face-to-face appointments for mm. outpatients, and you know, it was really pushing things uphill, um, and um, and suddenly COVID hit, and and all of the, the all of that said, yeah. we really don't want to see patients in, the, yeah. in coming into the hospital because yeah. it's not a you know, we're, 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 people will catch stuff we don't want to see them we'll catch yeah. stuff so so suddenly that that shift mm-hmm. happened and um because the, the majority um of people that have outpatient appointments could have that outpatient appointment in a different mm-hmm. way uh, yeah. either by phone by video phone or whatever um mm-hmm. Most of them, um, if you look at a sort of 10-year-ago baseline, probably don't need to turn up. No,
0: absolutely. And it kind of feels like we need some more things. I'm not suggesting we need another pandemic, but we need some other things to, don't we, happen to shift this Overton window in all areas. But if we're kind of just thinking about healthcare stuff and that it's not actually sustainable, Um, it'd be good to have a think about some of the bits that could shift.
1: Um, Yeah. And I think, I mean, my plan probably for next episode is to try and expand on some of those concepts because Mm. uh, certainly the NHS accounts for 5% of carbon emissions for the country. Yeah. and healthcare as a whole would be the fifth largest country in the world. Wow! Um, uh, you know, global healthcare as a whole. Yeah. Uh, it, it it is a significant emitter mm-hmm. of carbon. Plus, you've got all of the other stuff going on, yeah. um, such as um, uh, the chemicals from medications, um, waste yeah. from gloves and masks, and and oh, yeah. it's just. Just very is, very it? bad for the environment generally, and not necessarily sustainable. And one of the reasons, you know, we've we've kind of led with um, a psychotherapist and some some support for you know the, the ecotherapy. It, 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 it's deliberate because these are some of the things that um, are not hurting the planet but they're helping yep. people uh, which is really great so I th- it'd be useful to start exploring that in a bit more of a physical p- perspective yeah I think, absolutely in, yeah. In, so so shall yeah. i
0: interview you next time shall i interview you
1: oh yeah yeah <laughs> do you want to see my cv first
0: yeah i do yeah have i got to apply yeah you have but, uh, but okay. i've been I think, shortlisted. I think, um, yeah well you're a busy man that's the other thing mm, yeah. to see when get me on i
1: want part-time <laughs> work and i want oh, okay. i want a really high pay please do
0: you is that sustainable though no. <laughs> well, it's been really lovely to catch up with you. Have we got cool. anything else we need to do today?
1: Well, we're supposed to set a forge um, thingy, aren't we? Should oh, we let right people
0: should we get people to do it again? If make sure they do another well, conversation. How about
1: we get you to do it the first time?
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay.
1: Now, what I'd quite like to do, I think the forge is Yep. Um I want people to email us Mm -hmm. And suggest things for the forge. Brilliant. Yeah. Tell us what you think would be an interesting mini exercise to do. Yep. Fabulous.
0: Well, thank you, Stu. I'll let you do the I'll let you do the windy
1: upwards. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, thank you for listening, everybody. Show notes are available on the website. And if you've enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe using your favorite podcast app and tell your friends family and colleagues about it too if you want to get in touch then please drop us an email at chemical health or one word at outlook.com we'd love to hear from you see you next time or you know speak to you next time it's not c is it whatever no, Bye. Right. bye